0: Hello and welcome to The Yacking Show. This is an excerpt from one of our premium episodes. If you'd like to watch the full hour-long episode and get the transcript Hop over to our website, theyackingshow.com, and sign up to become a member. These are the episodes where we bring you really successful business people to give you actionable tips and ideas to move your business and your life forward in ways you might not find anywhere else on the internet. So first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. And today, of course, is no exception. We have the great pleasure of welcoming Samantha Stone to the show. Hello, Samantha. Welcome. How are you?
2: Thank you. It's wonderful to be speaking I with you both.
0: It. Thank you.
1: <laughs> now, Samantha is an author and a fast growth B2B marketing strategist, researcher, speaker, and consultant and the founder of the Marketing Advisory Network. So Samantha, before we get started and delve into these wonderful topics, can you please, for our audience, give us a little bit about your background and what led you to help companies develop effective marketing strategies?
2: This might be a longer answer than you intended, so uh, but we'll we'll give you the short version. Yep. Um, I was um, I actually graduated college with a degree in economics, and I had full intentions of going into public policy research until I actually did a project working for a government agency. And I learned something very true about myself that I am way too impatient to do public policy research. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do now, but I applied to graduate school because that's what you do when you don't know what you're going to do. And, um, <laughs> but, you know, I needed to work in, in the meantime. And the very first job that I got through a temp agency was at a technology company. Never. And the research I was doing was to better understand when do I use artificial intelligence mm-hmm. in interacting with customers? And, um, and the thing that came through most clearly in this research is that in routine tasks, I wanna know when you're open. I wanna look up my account. How much does something cost? I wanna configure some things. Things like chat box and automatic systems and automated personalization are great, right? We don't always want to talk sure. to a person. It's it, Those are good things. I can use those technology to build, you know, personalize maybe a demo I wanna to present to someone. All good. Right. In right. moments of frustration or concern, interacting with an automated system is the absolute wrong thing to do very clearly was that we need to be transparent. If someone thinks, you know, sometimes you go on and it's very clear, I'm talking to a chat bot, for example, and other times we use a name mm-hmm. or a picture and we, they're trying to pretend it's a person that's all well and good until something goes wrong, which is this this notion about trust. Inherently, we're operating in a a place of distrust. Even if we're the most trustworthy company, we keep all of our promises, our buyers, the world, the context they're living in is to distrust things. And so Mm -hmm. how we use technology transparently and where and when we use it is a really critical piece that we need to address. An equally um, relevant piece of this puzzle is around digital e-commerce for B2B buying, right? Even Mm -hmm. for complex buying. People are expecting consumer-like shopping experiences, even when I'm buying a $50,000 software package for my company.
0: So how do companies solve the dilemma of advertising or offering attractive packages packages for new customers without upsetting their existing customers? Mm -hmm.
2: They stopped doing that.
0: <laughs> yeah. They just
2: stopped doing it. It's a technique that we have used because we understand, but if there's too much transparency in the world today, there's right. a time the only way I knew what the price of my cable company was, for example, right? Was yeah. through an ad or a conversation with on the phone. It's 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 impossible to hide that right now. So there's no way to do what you're describing without right. frustrating people. So sure what they need to do is optimize their pricing model for profitability that is yeah. different necessarily than optimizing for new customer acquisition and so they need you need to rethink how we think about pricing this is this is a great example i'm so glad you brought it because it's a perfect example of what i'm talking about is rethinking the commerce experience that we create for our customers with what people are expecting today. Mm-hmm. So with all the changes that we've been
1: discussing, are there some industries that are likely to disappear altogether?
2: That's a really good question. I, I'm sure there are, I, I'm sure eventually things change. I think the way I think of it is how things will adapt and and be different. So um, for example, um, my when I, my parents, my grandparents' generation worked literally for the same company their entire career, mm-hmm. and they that they or or the majority of their career, and then they mm-hmm. retired and had a part-time job doing some ads. My parents in their generation worked the same job for different companies. Yeah, over mm-hmm. their career. Our ch- my children will have multiple careers.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They will they will do different work four different companies over the course of their lifetime. And I think that that is not because whole industry, I mean, occasionally a whole industry is going to go away, but it's more that the task at hand to do in that job is going to change quite substantially. I think we mm-hmm. see this a lot in things like bookkeeping and accounting. We've already seen this, right? When change is going to happen. Do I want my customers to stick with me and change with me and we change with them? We've got to build those bonds and those communities and those connections, and that means letting go in a way that is often hard, right? Mm-hmm. Because you mm-hmm. know, uh, one of the things Mark has told us, right, is that he thought he set up a bunch of communication channels that he thought were topics we were going to end up talking about, and some of those ended up being the least active, yes, right, channels. Yeah, but a yeah. whole bunch of things we hadn't and thought about popped up, where it mm-hmm. is a really fabulous, high quality conversation. And lots of people are building connections. We're building connections with each other, but also Mm -hmm. with him, right? And sort of overall mission of of Rise. And and I think that that is what most of us have to do in our business. And um, we've talked about community and marketing for a long time, but we haven't, most of us haven't really lived it. um, And so we've got to sort of adapt around it. and so we spend a lot of time understanding what are you good at, where was those friction points exist, and how do we eliminate that friction points to make sure that we're creating the best uh, most useful experience. Um, and then that, you know, that strategy then becomes, okay, now I've really got a tight audience, a tight message, a tight offer. Now we can start talking about what campaigns might I run, right? Mm-hmm. Where where might I advertise? What commu- you know, where am I going to build my community? It's one thing to know I want a community. To need, figure out where I'm going to build it. How do we build adaptable structure and process and policy and measurement in how we operate right now over the next six months?
1: So can we can we turn our focus for a moment to promoting for promotion? Um, how would you advise a company that? You know, they may be doing well, but they could always do better. And they're trying to figure out the best way to promote themselves.
2: It's a really good question. I think um, I do believe in sort of a multi-channel approach. I think that typically works best. So I don't Mm -hmm. think there's like a single thing. If you advertise here, all of your growth needs will be met. I think that's very unlikely for most organizations. So I do think it takes multiple things, but I'll tell you the most underutilized tool and our bag of tricks is word of mouth and mm-hmm. referral activity almost any business I have ever met could have significant growth through better more structured advocacy referral and sort of word of mouth initiatives Jake um there are definitely generational preferences in how we communicate that mm-hmm. is different and I think that is very real um but I actually think the difference I see more is less generation about who runs it. And it's more about the structure of the organization. Is it a family owned and operated business? Um, Is it a corporation that has a board, you know, like, How the company is structured makes a really big difference versus how old the person in charge is. Um, When I introduced you, I mentioned
1: that um, to the viewers that you're an an author. Can you tell us about the, the book that you've written?
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking about it. Unleash Possible. It's a marketing playbook that drives sales is sort of the the name of the book. And it was really born out of all my work. So when I first started doing my consulting practice, I you know, was really fortunate. I had a great network. I grew that business pretty, pretty steadily. But I had a lot of people who couldn't afford to pay my consulting fees. Absolutely. I would love that. And I actually have a course that I just launched that I've put in place that sort of teaches a lot of the things we've been talking about finding. And this is about sort of that some of that trends around self-paced learning and things. So I Mm -hmm. hope people check it out. But if they go to UnleashPossible.com where they want to check out the book, the course, just who I am or just say hello. um, They can go directly to UnleashPossible.com. You can schedule time directly on my calendar from there. You could just check out some of the content. Connect with me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, I love meeting new people because I, part of why I still practice in my consulting is I'm better at giving advice and strategy when I see other businesses and what they're doing and learning along the way and what they're struggling with. So I love a good talk therapy with someone. I'm happy to do it anytime.